Well, thank you for joining us for our Sunday message, Sunday the 25th of September 2022. Let's just start off with the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Psalms, Psalm 119. I'm going to read a very well-known verse, verse 105. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Let's just flip over to the New Testament, also a very well-known scripture to us, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, and acceptable, and perfect will of God. Let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is living and active and powerful. We pray, Lord, that as we pay attention to your word today, it will do what your word promises, to bring life, health, strength, and all the blessings that you have for us, your people. We come against any force of darkness that would want to prevent this word from reaching the spirits of those who are listening. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would give us that spirit of understanding and light the understanding of our hearts, we pray, that we might receive your word from on high. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. The title of this message is Putting the Word to Work. Putting the Word to Work. Now the overriding point that I need to make is that as Christians, very often what we do is we have what I'd call tunnel vision. We have one idea about something and that excludes us from all the other blessings that are out there. The approach to the Word is a case in point and many people have missed out on the blessings of God simply because we don't fully appreciate everything the Word can do for us. My point is this, that it can do more than just one thing. And this morning, we're going to look at a number of these things that the Word can do. I'm sure there are many more. This is not intended to be completely conclusive. And obviously, in the process of being a child of God, there's always learning involved. I'm sure there are many other uses for the Word. But the point I want to make is there's more than one use for the word. We need to be cognizant of the various usages that are available and do them, put them into practice, you see, to live successful, powerful Christian lives. The analogy I'd like to use is, it's a bit of a joke of mine, you think of the Israelites plodding through the wilderness for 40 years, all they had to eat was manna. Can you imagine what a Hebrew cookbook would be entitled? 365 ways to cook manna. <laughs> you understand? It was one kind of food, but it had obviously different ways of being presented. It's also like energy. When ESCOM is very gracious unto us and allows us kilowatt hour or two of power, what do we do with it? Well, there's lots of things we do with energy, with power in our house, electrical power in this case. Many things we do. We cook, heat water, light up the house, electric light bulbs, 
the geyser heats the water for us to bath. There are lots of things, you see, that we do with the same commodity, energy. As our engineers will tell us, it's all about energy transfer. But you see, that energy is the same thing, but it has many different applications. And we'd be foolish if we just use the bit of power that we get from time to time to light up the house. One needs a good hot plate of food, a nice cup of tea, and maybe a good bath now and then. Amen. The point is this, the word has many different applications, and we need to be aware of them. So my purpose this morning is to try and make us aware. Each one of these applications is a whole teaching on its own, probably a whole course on its own. So we're not going to go into too much detail. But as I said, the point is to make us aware. So that we don't get into a rut of just looking at the word and saying, oh, well, it's just for that purpose and that purpose alone. Right? The first application, which most of us, I assume, are aware, is that the word of God is, as some people put it, a textbook for life. That first scripture we read, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. It helps us to negotiate life. If we want to live a godly life, God's given us an instruction manual. Now, please, once again, let's not have tunnel vision about this. A lot of people have this opinion that the Bible is just a whole lot of things that you can't do. A whole lot of rules, laws, regulations, what you can't do. You see, and that's far, far from the truth. There is advice, godly advice. The book of Proverbs is very good in this respect. For day-to-day life, every situation of life is covered in one way or another by the word of God. You see, and if you and I know how to approach it correctly, which is a whole teaching on its own, we're able to translate the wisdom of the word, the wisdom of God, into our daily lives which, as we said before, enables us to make the right decisions, the right choices in life, which obviously is the key to success, continually making the right choices. And you and I can only make the right choices, as we said before, if we have the correct information. Well, you see, the Word is designed to be that information. And you see, we don't have to be afraid of it, because the Word will give us direction if we take it with both hands, with God's wisdom, with His knowledge and understanding, It will bring life in every situation. So there is that aspect to the word. It is a textbook for life. More than a textbook for life, it is a source of understanding of life. You see, the word of God has the answers to the big question about life, as philosophers would put it, the existential questions of life. Questions like, why am I here? Where am I going? What am I supposed to do here? Who am I? Etc. The Word of God has all those answers. It amazes me when I think back that generally speaking, in education systems and in homes, the important questions are very rarely discussed. Very rarely. I've often wondered about that. I think about our family. We never talked about death, for example. Now, the fact is that we all have to die one day, whether we like it or not. And you see, it's important to have confronted the issue. Because until you and I have confronted the issue of death, until we understand what it is, what happens, until we know what death is actually about, we can't really live. We live in limbo. And very often what happens when we don't understand something, it breeds fear in our life. I had terrible fear of death before I got born again, quite rightly so. 
quite rightly so. I was destined for a terrible place. But you see, my point is the Bible has got the answers. I wish somebody had explained that to me. Not only explained that to me, but helped me look at the Bible and find the answers, you see. But they were all there, right under my nose. Not only that, the Bible, if you look at it the right way, will help you now find out what we call to do. Very important. One of the issues that dogged my life for the first 20-odd years was I didn't have a cooking clue why I was here, what I was supposed to be doing. Everything to me seemed pointless. It might seem strange, but I discovered something. As a young person, I was very blessed in that I didn't have to struggle for my existence, for food, for education. It was all laid on for me on a plate. And because of that, perhaps, I didn't really appreciate it as much as I should have, although I was grateful. But the other point is, none of it really made sense. I remember studying at the university, and the big question is, well, why? Why go through all this tedious work, etc.? Why? What's the point? I was studying law at the time, and the thought crossed my mind. So I'd become a great lawyer one day. And I'd met quite a few very successful lawyers, actually. And I looked at them, and I thought, so what? Not impressed. Really, wasn't. Now, I can understand somebody who struggles to get an education, and the very thought of one day... Being a lawyer or being a doctor is a great, great pull and a great thing to achieve. I'm not underestimating that. But you see, until you understand why, what the purpose is, even that great achievement becomes very empty. Very empty. Many a businessman has really succeeded only to come to the end of their life and ask themselves that question. What is it all about? Well, the point we're trying to make is that the answers are in the Word. The Word has the answers to life. You see, Not only does it give us patterns for life, instructions for life, it gives us the answers to life. And here's something else about the Word that we need to understand. It's not just an intellectual document. It's not a case of, this is what you must do, A, B, C, go and apply it in your life, A, B, C. I wish it was that simple. But it isn't. The truth of the matter is, there are supernatural forces at play here, you see. And although it seems easy just to do ABC, there's a force out there that doesn't want you to do ABC. There's a force out there that wants you to do XYZ. There's pressure, supernatural pressure against you and I obeying the letter of the law. You see, what I need to say and what we as Christians have got to grasp, the Lord said of his word, my word is spirit and it is life. It is spirit. You see, You and I have got to understand that the Bible is not just an intellectual treatise. It's not just logical explanations, although you'll find that there as well. It's more than that. You see, the Word of God carries the Spirit of God. And what I'm briefly trying to explain here is that you and I might have instructions for life. The Word of God not only gives us the instructions for life, but it can, if approached correctly, please, this is the big issue, if approached correctly, can impart to us the power, the power to live accordingly. The supernatural power that we need. So you see, that's what the word is. It is a source of supernatural power, which leads me to the next point I'd like to make. The word of God is food. All right. If you understand that the human being is not just flesh and bones with an intellect, but that we are a spirit being, Your and my spirit man lives in our body like a hand in a glove. It's the only way I can explain it. 
You see, the real you and I is a spirit being. You can't see it. But you see, the physical body has to be fed. Anybody can tell you that. Everybody knows that if the physical body is not fed, it will expire, has expired. You see, in the same way, your and my spirit being needs to be fed. It needs to be energized. You see, and the source of that energy is the Word of God. As you and I read the Word of God, it feeds our spirit man. And we can learn how to read it in the right way, so that we get fed more and more efficiently. The same with the body. You can train your body to absorb food a lot quicker. So you see, the Word of God is food. We need to understand that. And once again, you don't just feed yourself once in a while. No, no, you have to be fed regularly. That's why we need the Word of God on a regular basis. We need to learn how to approach the Bible to feed ourselves. I understand that a child, when it's born, can't feed itself. It needs to be fed, you see. But there's a process. That child, as it grows, learns and becomes better equipped, some of us more than others, how to feed itself. I mean, some of us become highly skilled. <laughs> I mean, but you see, that child has to be fed. If it does not, it will die. Many Christians or people that were Christians will say, there was a time when I walked very closely with God. And you've heard this sentiment as well. I was very close to God. God was very close to me. But now, you see, and the implication is, oh, well, something happened. Well, what exactly did happen? Did God turn around and say, I don't want anything to do with you? Well, I can understand that in many cases. But you see, that's not God. The fault wasn't God's. What was the fault? The fault was the Christian either wasn't taught how, or if he did know how, didn't bother to. Ignorance or laziness, the two cardinal sins, basically. You see, how to feed himself. That spirit man wasn't fed. Because that spirit man wasn't fed, it became less and less aware of God to the place where it may just as well have not have known God in the first place. Which is the next point, really, you see. The energy of our spirit man is described with one word in the Bible, faith. And you see, the word's very clear. Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes from hearing. Our faith man grows. Our energy grows from hearing the word of God. So please understand, that's what the word is designed to do, to feed us. You can never say that, oh, I read that scripture, I don't have to read it again. You see, that's not it. It's like saying, oh, love, had a steak, I'll never have to eat steak again. God forbid. God forbid. Or even worse, you know, I've had prawns and that's it. Oh no. We eat on a continuous basis in the same way we need to feed on the word. And can I just say something? You might say, oh well, feeding the body is just natural and we are well tuned to doing it. The truth is, if you and I develop a routine of feeding on the Word of God. It becomes easier, but also we develop an appetite for the Word. It grows. It's a very healthy trait to develop in our lives, an appetite for God's Word. I can honestly say, if I don't have the Word for a day or two, I get very frustrated. I suffer withdrawal in a sense, and I know Janet is the same. So you see, I'm encouraging us to understand that word of God we have in our hands is vital for our continued 
revival of the spirit man, the sustaining of the spirit man. Closely related to that, and here's another very, very important point about the Word of God. The Word of God is designed as a mechanism by which we can hear God's voice. Once again, it's a whole teaching on its own. Most of us in the church have gone through that teaching. I haven't got time for it here. But please understand, the Word of God is written in such a way, if approached with the Holy Spirit, you see, you have to approach it with the help of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God is designed to give you and I information for every single day. The complexities of life. Not just a general law for a particular situation, but Lord, what do I do in this situation? And being able to hear from Him. Not just direction, but also encouragement and a whole lot of other wonderful things, warnings, etc. You see, Christianity from beginning to end, as I always say, is relationship. It's not a religion. Christianity is not a religion. I laughed at school when they taught the kids uh, human resources, or whatever they call it, human science, but they cluttered all the religions together. So the whole idea was to give everybody a broad spread of all the different religions. And I thought to myself, thank God I never had to teach that muck. But they're making a cardinal mistake. There are a lot of religions out there, and man has tried to make Christianity a religion. But it's not a religion. It's not a religion. It's a relationship, you see. And the heartbeat of any relationship is communication. And that's what the Bible is designed for, primarily to give us a way of hearing God's voice. There are other ways of hearing God's voice. But personally, I'd rather hear his voice through his word. For me, that gives me a lot more security. Amen. So, you see, that's another application of the word of God. Direction for life, answering the questions of life, helping us find our purpose, giving us instruction, feeding our spirit man. The list is going on, and I'm going to continue. Another thing about the Word of God, very closely related to faith. Please understand that faith is what God needs to manifest on the earth, our Father in heaven. Thou will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. The divine transfer of all the resource of heaven onto this earth require faith. You see? And the word of God feeds our faith. What that translates into is that the word of God, if approached correctly, is a book of resources. Amen. Faith translates what is in heaven onto earth. The word of God feeds our faith. And faith is able to translate. You see? This has very practical application. Very practical application. Let's just look at one of them. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4, 20 to 22. My son, give attention to my words. All right? Give attention to the word. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. You see that? Health to all their flesh. The word, in a sense, is a medical chest. The word can provide healing, health to our bodies. I've put this to the test on numerous occasions. Recently, as we all know, I was in hospital, had these massive lumps on my legs. And I spoke to the doctor about it. He was really concerned about it at one stage. He actually wanted to cut them open and drain them at the beginning. But we managed to get past that. And I spoke to him in a follow-up visit. They were still there. I said, well... What will become of them? His answer was, well, form scar tissue and you'll have that 
in some form or another for the rest of your life. See, he was resigned to the fact that the infection that had got into my legs had created tissue that would be there forever, for as long as I was alive. Anyway, to this day, I can report, even I cannot find one trace of those lumps. Not one trace. I cannot find it. Can't even remember exactly where they were. The doctor actually said it's a mystery. Those were his exact words. But let me just tell you something. When I was in the hospital with these lumps on my legs, I took my little cell phone, on which I've got the word of God, and I blessed my legs with the book of Ephesians. Put that cell phone right on that lump, and I played it Ephesians. Now, the staff might have thought this quite amusing, because I don't think it's every day that they come across a patient who plays Ephesians to their leg. (laughs) But anyway, the proof of the pudding is those lumps are gone. No trace of it. You see, the word is true. Your word is health to all their flesh. Health to all their flesh. Can you see that? It can also provide finances. I haven't got time to go into that. Protection, purpose, all the good things. So it's a resource book. It's the key to resources in your and my life. No wonder it says the word is more precious than gold. It actually is. It actually is. Amen. Right, I'm just rushing along here. There's quite a few other things I wanted to touch on. I mean, another thing is the Word of God is our weapon of warfare. We can't forget that. We are in a war as Christians. We have to fight the good fight of faith. But the weapon of our warfare is the Word, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God in our mouth. And you see, when the enemy comes with his lies, all his tactics, you and I cannot fight him with a weapon, a gun, or anything like that, or a sword. We have to fight off spiritual attack spiritually, you see. And spiritual attack is fought with words, with words. So you see, you and I have got to know the word of God. So when we do get attacked, we can fight back. Amen. And in fact, it's better not to wait for the enemy to come, but to continually confess the word of God so that it doesn't come near us. Once again, another application of the word of God. Amen. Another application. It's not just laws for life. It's powerful, two-edged sword in our mouth, which is able to wreak havoc on the forces of darkness that so much want to destroy not only our lives, but the lives of those around us in our community and in our country. Amen. We need to know how to use that weapon powerfully. The next thing I need to just point out here is that the Word of God is extremely powerful for creating the right environment. What do I mean by that? Well, any environment is affected by the words that are spoken there. For example, if you go into a home where there's a lot of harsh speaking, a lot of fighting arguments, you actually pick it up in the spirit realm. The contrary is true. If there's a place where there's the word of God continually and there's harmony and peace, you experience the presence of God there. What I need to say is words that are stated, spoken, One way or the other, attract. They attract. Negative words attract negative spirits. The word of God, on the other hand, attracts the spirit of God and angels, angelic hosts. That's why in our home we play the word of God almost all the time. We've got the word going all the time in the background. Put together scriptures of various forms, psalms, gospels, etc., etc. We've put some out on our podcast for that purpose 
What's the thinking behind it? You see, in the background, you've got the Word of God going all the time. It attracts angelic hosts. It brings peace into the home. Amen? You see, that's what the Word can do for us. doesn't mean that you have to listen to it in a focused manner all the time. Although it's nice to listen to it carefully now and then. But it's there all the time. Whether you're listening to it or not, it's having the desired effect. Amen? The Word of God attracts. The opposite is also true. You go into a home where the television is on 24-7. You'll find strife there. You'll find unhappiness, depression, and all these ugly things. You'll find them there. Amen? Another use for the Word of God. Grip hold of it and use it. Amen? Grip hold of the Word. Put the Word to work. Put the Word to work. One final one I want to mention here. I've discovered something. As a spirit being, humans are, if I can put it this way, in a state of movement. We have a physical body which is in contact with this world system, like it or not. The only way to get out of contact with this world system is basically to destroy the body, which will render us totally useless to operate in this world. So we must have our body alive and well. Our spirit man, if we are born again, is in touch with heaven continually. That's why the Word of God says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So in a sense, part of us is already in heaven. Quite a thought, isn't it? However, between our spirit man and our body is what the Bible describes as our soul. And that's where we really live. It's our conscious awareness, our intellect, our emotions. And it's affected by our decision-making process. You see, now the truth of the matter is, to the degree that our soul is aware of our physical body and the physical world, we are connected to the physical world. To the degree that our soul man is focused on things above us, the Bible describes it, to that degree we will be operating at the level of things above, above, not beneath, you see. Now, it's not a case of being born with the ability. Everybody has the ability to, as I'll call it, ascend. But how do we ascend? How do we take our minds off the world system and set them on things above? Well, the key, you see, is the Word and a particular approach to this living Word of God. It's almost like the Word is an elevator. We're at the ground floor. We get into the Word. We allow the Word. This is very important to understand. We allow the Word and the Spirit of the Word to flood our soul. We drink it in. We drink it in. What happens when we do that is supernaturally, not a logical thing, supernaturally we begin to ascend. The elevator, as it were, starts to go up. And the more we do it, the higher up we go. It's not like it's a building with only 20 floors. Infinite number of floors. What I'm trying to say is we can use this word. I find the Psalms particularly powerful for this. But you see, as we meditate on them, and that's the key, you see, it's not just reading them intellectually and saying, oh, lovely poetry, etc. No. It's allowing the Word and the Spirit of the Word to actually affect us, to actually envelop us. As we learn to do that, it's a skill that we can learn. And as we do it, we can ascend. We can ascend into heavenly places. Anybody can do that. You see, and that means you and I can have peace no matter what the situation is like, all because of the Word.
Amen. I just pray that we'll take some of these understandings and work on them and get the word to work in our lives. Unleash the word. Let it do in our lives what it was designed to do. And in that way, you see, we'll live fulfilled lives and be equipped to bring glory to our Heavenly Father. Be blessed in His mighty name. Amen. <music>